Okay. I think you're going to like this. This will be rather interesting, I think, for you guys. Okay. What I have here, three regular styrofoam cups on sale at Rosenord Co-op. You're welcome, Joe. And we are going to name these cups today. Okay? Raise your hand if you've got a name for this cup. Yes. I got a name. Mr. Duick. Mr. Duick? Okay, Mr. Duick. Okay. That is very good. I like that. Okay, that's one. Uh, right here, what, what's the name of this one, do you think? Mr. Bob. Bob. Well, Mr. is too formal. We'll say Bob. Okay, there's Bob. And in the back there, what's the third cup's name? Dyson. Okay, you're a bit shy. What did you think? Dyson. Sorry? Dinosaur? Mm, okay. Dino. Okay. How old is Dino? How old? 9,000. 9 is just fine. Yep. Okay, Bob. How old is Bob? 9 million. 9. Not 9 million. We'll say 9. Okay. Mr. Duick, yes. Eleven. Mr. Duick is very young to have a Mr. title. Do I need to do something different, Riley, or how we... No? Okay. We'll keep talking. Okay. All right. Um, I need you guys to pick one of these. Okay. Who would like to be a pick? Okay. Which one do you pick? Pick one. Bob, okay. Um, are you sure? Okay. Bob gets set aside, okay? That's Bob. He gets set aside, okay. Now, of... Dino and Mr. Duick, who hasn't had a chance? Lincoln. Me. Pick one. Pick one of these. Mr. Duick or Mr. Duick. Okay, he gets set aside. So that leaves Dino. Dino. Right now, I'm not asking for volunteers. Dino. What is that? Oh, check. That's a cross. Dino, I bet you do. Yeah, I bet you want that. Um, dino is going to represent a Christian, okay? We're going to just, to make it more interesting, add a little bit of color to the cross. So the people in the back who are trying to get a nap can see it a little bit better that there's an orange cross on Dino. He's representing a Christian, okay? So what we're going to do, and stay sitting because you'll need to see it from there, we're going to add... We'll maybe go in this order here because the Christian's in the middle. We're going to add about half a cup of water to each one. This water represents life to all of these people, okay? You don't have to see the water. It's just water. It's a half a cup of water for each one. It's all the same. It's no trick water. Okay. Now, I will need someone who's a little bit older to read something for me. And there we go. Okay, you guys will get a microphone for this part. Oh, a loose antenna. Okay. Okay. 
And I'll get you to read first. So this is found in Proverbs. Please read your verse. Okay. Turn to the microphone, nice and loud and clear. Trust God from the bottom of your hearts. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run, f- run from evil. Your body will glow in the health. Your very bones will vibrate in life. Honor God and everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Okay, Proverbs 3, 5 to 9. I'll summarize. Trust God and he will guide your paths, okay? Go ahead. You can read as, as well. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him he, and he will make your, your path straight. Okay, that was Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I'll take the microphone. So, again, talking about, in the message on NIV, talking about trusting, okay. So, now it gets rather interesting, you guys, okay. We have a shingle nail, three-inch shingle nail. Pastor Darren doesn't use these big ones. He uses an air nailer. We're going to do that this morning because it's going to get very messy if we have an air nailer and dangerous. So, let's just say the tough stuff in life comes along for... Mr. Duick. Mr. Duick doesn't know Jesus. He isn't a Christian. What happens when tough stuff hits Mr. Duick in life? When he doesn't trust God, what's going to happen to Mr. Duick? What do you guys think? Okay, well, who wants to come and hold this nail? One person. You haven't had a chance. Everybody else, step back a little bit. Come on up. Okay, you can watch. And the lower half, why don't you puncture that with tough life stuff? What's, no, that's with the upper half, the lower half. Yeah, there we go. And push hard. And what happens? Pull it out. Whoa, and you guessed it. The sin, the tough stuff leaks out of Mr. Duick. Okay, you want to try again? Put another one, maybe a bit lower. Push it hard. That's the stuff. Whoa, whoa, push hard. That, yeah, and now pull it out. And Mr. Duick is a problem. Okay. Thank you. You may sit down. I'll keep the sharp, uh, sharp one. Please, please sit down and sit back a little bit, okay? And again, now we have Bob. He's nine years old, and he's had tough stuff. Okay, come on up. Let's see what happens to Bob. Below the line, probably halfway. And push it hard. I'll see how it's going to go. Oh, and nine-year-old Bob, when tough stuff comes, his paths aren't straight. It's tough as well. Okay. I'll do something a little bit bigger because it takes a little bit of strong stuff. Okay, come on up, please, because it's a little bit tough to push in there. Okay, remember, Dino's a Christian. He isn't, um, or tough stuff will happen to him as well, right? What's going to happen to a Christian when tough stuff comes? What do you think? What do you think? But there's water in here, though. Like, I poured water into this cup, and it's not a trick cup. But you think it will happen? What's going to happen? Well, let's go see. On the lower half where the water is. Or underneath. Sure, be unique. Go underneath. I don't mind. Yeah. Whoa. Pull it out and here. Okay. Okay, no, you probably didn't push far enough. Push all the way in. Okay, start. Try again. Push really hard. On the lower half. Okay, and... Well, you're going straight through? Both sides? Okay, go straight side. Okay. Whoa. Uh, what? The water is supposed to drip out. 
Okay, maybe you're not doing it right. Okay, I'll do it again. Oh, you, you didn't oh, put hold on a second. In. Yeah, I poured it in. It goes right through. Can you see the nail right through? You oh. did not put water in there. I did put water in there. I, I poured it in. Now you guys can all sit. I've got a conclusion, okay? It's getting kind of full up here, so we need to just, just maybe sit, sit back a little. Yeah, a little bit. I know it's very interesting. I know. Okay. There is water in there. Okay. So. Yeah, why didn't it come out? That's the secret part. Okay. So, this is an object lesson. When we have tough stuff, we will get tough stuff. You guys have tough stuff at your age. Nine million years old, the nine years old, and the 11 years old. We all have tough stuff. But if we trust God, he's going to guide us through the tough stuff. And life doesn't have to pour out of us when we get into the tough stuff. Okay? You guys can all have a seat. You can keep that. Memorize that. Yeah. There was water in there. Check, 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 check. Is this working? I don't know what's wrong with you, Pat. It's not doing the same thing for me. Pat's electric this morning. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. A really, really good, really good object lesson. I'm kind of curious for myself. Just Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Someone else, you guys can check it out later if you want to figure out how that worked. All right. Uh, before I start, let's just, uh, let's just bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your presence here with us. God, as we uh, look at your word this morning, as we enter your presence, uh, God, I ask that uh, your truth would come clear and that uh, our hearts would be ready to hear what you have to say to us this morning. May the words of my mouth bring you honor and glory. Amen. I was wrong. There's something up with this thing, so we are going to... I'll try, I'll try the pulpit mic. Is that going to work? All right. This is, this is going to be strange. I like to wander a little bit, but I don't stray too far from here. Do I ever? I don't know. You guys should know. So, uh, first of all... Um, I just, want to, I just want to start off by saying a huge thank you uh, to every one of you who bought pizzas, uh, prayed for, or supported the senior youth in, uh, in some way while we were at Abundance Springs this last weekend. Uh, I honestly wish, I wish you could have the opportunity to come along and see what happens when we put aside an entire weekend and, and come together as youth groups and worship God. Uh, it really was, I think for a lot of people and in a lot of ways, a life-changing experience or, or a moment, uh, a significant moment in, in many lives. Uh, and, I, and I know a video only gives you a very, very tiny glimpse 
uh, into what our weekend was like, but I uh, have the highlight video along with me, so we're going to try and run that. Um, so I'll hand it over to the guys. Looks like, uh, looks like fun, doesn't it? Uh, I know, I, I sure had a lot of fun. Um, I just, I, I wish I could get you all to stand up and do the uh, introduction. We had, there was a guy who always led us in like, uh, like to get us kind of pumped up in the, <laughs> before each session. And uh, one of the things that we did as like a whole, you probably didn't catch it in the video because it was a very short clip of it. But basically we put a song on and just did this for five minutes straight. And then this, and I, I don't know, like I go to the gym, my shoulders were on fire. Like that is, so if you ever want, if you ever want to have a good workout, just stand there and try and do this for five minutes and then tell me how your shoulder feels after that. But uh, anyway, the, the theme this year was everywhere and, uh, and it was based on the, on the Great Commission and the main speaker, you saw him there, uh, Kent Martins. Now I found out I actually didn't know this. We got introduced to him, and he's like, yeah, I, I actually, he works at the E-Free in Steinbeck, but he said he has EMC roots. And I was like, he was like, from Pleasant Valley. And I was like, Pleasant Valley? I, so anyway, I found out that uh, he, uh, mar- he was married to uh, Pam Rempel, um, obviously Reg and Kim, and also actually the funeral announcement in the bulletin, that would be his father-in-law. So uh, it was a kind of a neat, a neat connection there. But he did, he did just a phenomenal job of challenging the youth to examine their stories, to see how, how God is calling each of us to everywhere. And uh, one of my highlights happened on the second night after the main session. Uh, Kent had just challenged the youth uh, with the question, what's, what's your next step? And we got together as a youth group and, and we talked about what that was in each of our lives. And, and Joe and I, uh, we had the privilege, we were blown away as, as we spent the next while with the guys who had come along uh, praying for each other and, and encouraging each other in those next steps. Uh, and, it, and it's moments like that that help me to remember what it's, what it's really all about. I mean, 
We also had a great time, like I said, pumping our fists, um, going for late night pizza and moose jaw and, and <laughs> laughing until we cried at all the crazy communication and mistakes that happened in our group chat. But uh, for me, when, when, I, when I get to be a part of God moving in the hearts of young people and I, and I get to see the strong desire to live a life for God, that's, that's when I really, I get humbled. Humbled that God would allow me to be a part of his bigger story. And again, I, I firmly believe that it's because uh, a weekend like this doesn't happen if it's not covered in prayer. And so again, I want to say thank you to those of you who were praying for us. Um, and as I mentioned before during sharing time, I, I also want to say thank you to uh, everyone who, had praised, who has prayed for me and my family, uh, as I talked about in the bulletin, and, and I said with my, uh, with my aunts and my, uh, my grandma. It, was, uh, it wasn't news that I was obviously expecting to get while I was out at Abundant Springs, um, but it was also, again, one of those times where I got to see uh, the youth, you know, support me, which is a, it's, a, it's kind of a strange feeling as a leader to have young people come alongside and say, hey, I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you and your family. It's, it's really incredible. And uh, I, yeah, I just want to say thank you uh, to everyone who's, who's been praying or, or who has helped us with, many of you have, have made ways so that our kids can be taken care of and, and we can go to the hospital and, and be with our family. And, and so we're incredibly thankful for our church family. Um, like I said uh, already, my, my aunt seemed to be doing all right, but my grandma is still in intensive care. And uh, at her age, I, I don't know that one can pull through from something like this, uh, so it's tough to know how to pray. Uh, but I, I would ask uh, that if you, if, if you would continue to pray for her and for my family, and, and we'll trust that, we will trust that God will continue to be faithful as he, as he always has been to us. So now I've... Uh, now I've said a bunch of thank yous this morning, and in some ways it's fitting, I guess, that that is uh, kind of exactly the theme of the psalm that we are looking at this morning. And yes, we are still in the series in the book of Psalms. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. The, the psalms really are a fantastic book that show us how we can worship and be open and honest with God in all circumstances. And, and of course, giving thanks is no exception. And when you read through the book of Psalms, you see that it's all, it, it, all, it all moves. It moves from often different solves. They, they move from lament to praise, from, from despair to hope. And the entire book points us to the ultimate hope, to the coming Messiah, to Jesus. And this morning, we're going to be looking at, at a psalm of praise uh, and a psalm that prophesies, again, the coming of Jesus. Um, so if you want to follow along, you can turn there with me. I... Actually, this is the extent of the slideshow this morning. I hope you guys are all right with that. You can see some pretty hands. Because um, we're pretty much going to stay in Psalm 118. Uh, so if you want to turn there with me, hopefully you have, the, if you like to follow along, you, hopefully you have a Bible either on your phone or, or you have your Bible with you. Um, so we're, we're going to go there. Psalm 118 starts like this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. In the NLT translation, I looked it up, it, it adds, His faithful love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. 
Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. Now, in some ways, it's almost like the writer of this psalm is doing a, a, bit, of an, a bit of an essay, essay for us. Uh, for those of you who've long since left paper writing in the past, you, you may dig into the recesses of your mind and remember that uh, every good essay has a thesis statement, which introduces the paper, and that statement is then again repeated in, the, in, in some form in the conclusion. And it's the same way with this psalm. Uh, if you look at the beginning verse and the ending verse, they're the same. They state the theme, and uh, the psalm begins and ends with a command. Give thanks to God. Why? Because he is good, and his love endures forever. The writer, who, uh, by the way, many assume to be David based on its content, although it isn't specifically mentioned, uh, then continues to call out three different groups who are to call out this statement. First, the nation of Israel is called to praise God. Then the house of Aaron, or in other words, if you, if you have read the Old Testament, you know the house of Aaron, that's the priests. That's the spiritual leaders. And, and then finally, everyone, everyone who fears the Lord is to praise God for his unending love. This command is, is for all of us. And again, it shows us the character of God, who from the start wants everyone to recognize his love. And, and when we think about who God is, it, it should cause us to be filled with thanksgiving and praise. It, it's, it's not only about when we feel that God has been good to us that we need to give thanks. It's simply because he is good that he is deserving of our thanksgiving and praise. Charles Spurgeon wrote, This, uh, is, this is reason enough for giving him thanks. Goodness is his essence and nature, and therefore he is always to be praised, whether we are receiving anything from him or not. It is not only that he was good and will be good, but he is good. Let his providence be what it may. Therefore, let us, even at this moment, at this present moment, though the skies be dark with clouds, yet give thanks unto his name. When I think of God's unending love, I'm immediately reminded of my favorite verse in the Bible. It's been my favorite verse for a while. It's found in Romans. I can just recite it, actually, but I'm going to go there. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. It says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There is no other love like God's love. And, and in response to it, I, I must give thanks. I am drawn to worship at the very thought of it. So after this command to give thanks, the writer of Psalms continues by giving evidence of God's goodness. Should have kept my finger in here. 
Psalm 118 again. Starting in verse 5. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord and he brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. Now, I like to think of myself as a, as a brave person, but one fear that I do have is claustrophobia. I'm not good with tight spaces. I, I remember a couple of years ago uh, running some network cables to our new church office at the Heritage Center, which, by the way, you can stop by there anytime and chat. That's always one of, Jesse and I, I think, both agree. That's one of our highlights when people come in and say, hey, but anyway, I went into the crawl space beneath the floor, and the way it's designed, if you know how a crawl space is, it, there's gravel poured in, and it gets tighter and tighter and tighter as you get to the outer edge. If you know where our office is, it's right on the outer edge. So, you know, I, I start crouching, and then I'm down on my hands and knees, and, and finally, to reach where I needed to go, I had to lie down and shimmy on my stomach in there, and suddenly, I felt that tight feeling. Like, get me out of here. I can't breathe. How many of you have had that feeling? You know what I... Yeah, I'm not the, I'm not the only one. You can feel along with me. And so you hear this, you hear this psalm and, and you understand that feeling, right? That, that when I was hard-pressed, he brought me into a spacious place. And that's not only physically. Maybe, maybe you understand that feeling spiritually. Like... Struggling with anxiety or, or stress. Maybe the world is, is pressing in on you. Maybe the tough stuff that you're going through has you feeling closed in. That, that tightness around your soul. Take heart. God wants to bring you into a spacious place. I, I felt that feeling when I heard about the car accident. Every, everything started weighing down. And, and it all felt like it was pressing in. And, and in that moment, fear was gripping me and sadness was gripping me. But at that moment, we were heading into a worship session and I prayed and I turned it over to God and, and he brought me into a spacious place. And, and like I said, I shared with the youth and, and they prayed and again, I felt that overwhelming peace in the presence of God's unending love. There, there is so much peace in that, in that spacious place. It, it's a place of comfort and ease when you realize that, that God is good and his love endures forever. If you're feeling the world closing in on you this morning, if your soul is being squeezed in and your mind is racing, I, I hope that as you turn it over to God that you'll, you'll be able to say, the, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. The writer continues in verses 8 to 18 talking about all the times that God has helped him. And as I was reading these passages, a song jumped into my head. Uh, how many of you are Johnny Cash fans here? Oh, we got, we, looks like the same people who were claustrophobic. <laughs> now, uh, and it may not be one of, one of Johnny Cash's most popular songs, like Folsom Prison Blues or anything, but, but how many of you know the song, God's Gonna Cut You Down? Anyone? Hey, that's a, it's, a, it's one, of the, one of the newer ones, right? Uh, the lyrics go, you can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time, but sooner or later, God will cut you down. The song talks about how, how your sin will inevitably find you out, and you'll face judgment. 
the judgment of God. So, so when the writer keeps saying, if you read it here in Psalm, in Psalm 118, when he, when he keeps saying, in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I just, I just kept on hearing Johnny Cash. But, but what impressed me about these verses, despite the militant nature of them, was again, like I talked about a couple of Sundays ago, this idea that the trials and the enemy for us today are, are the sin in our lives. And reading these verses, I, I know that God's going to cut that down. And uh, if I want to defeat sin in my life, in the name of the Lord, I need to cut that down. Uh, a, lot of this, a lot of the descriptions that the writer uses here, if you read it, uh, talk, talk about the enemy and, and again how he's surrounded on every side and, and it reminds me of that, of that feeling of, of the battle of sin in my life. Uh, I don't know the sins that are plaguing you or what you guys are dealing with. I don't know the temptations that swarm around you like, like bees like he talks about but, but I want to challenge you this morning that by the power of Jesus in the name of the Lord you are able to cut them down because as the writer says in verses 13 and 14 I was pushed back and about to fall but the Lord helped me the Lord is my strength and my defense he has become my salvation and as we recognize that victory we we too can shout for joy and give thanks again because we understand in whom our salvation is found so first of all, we give thanks to God because he is good and his love endures forever. Then we shout for victory as we are reminded of all the ways that he has helped us in our battles. And now finally, we get to verses of prophecy. Starting at verse 19, I'm going to read a chunk here for you. Psalm 118, starting in verse 19. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light shine on us. With, with bows in hand, bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. So, so after King David has given thanks to God for his help in the past, we find him describing a scene in the present. We've heard all of the things that God has done to get him to this point. All the victories are part of the reason why he is celebrating, and now the scene changes. And David is at the temple gates, and he is filled with joy. And we hear the crowd that is gathered shouting, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. These are the words sung as King David is bringing a sacrifice of praise to the altar in the temple. It's a triumphal entry, a day of huge celebration. But did you notice something? 
There are some words here that may seem familiar to you. You may recognize them. If you want to, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, verse 8, and suddenly the story becomes familiar. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Did you hear the connection there? Well, I think we're really used to singing Hosanna as a word of, of praise to God, but did you know that translated it means, save us, save us we pray. Psalm 118 isn't only talking about King David bringing a sacrifice to the temple, it's talking about the coming Messiah. When Jesus entered Jerusalem before he was crucified, this is what the people were thinking about. This is what the people were repeating. They knew Psalm 118 and they recognized Jesus as the Savior. But they thought he was going to bring physical victory. That he would crush the Roman rule. They were shouting the words of Psalm 118. They, they knew the prophecy and yet they didn't understand that the victory wasn't going to be a physical one. It was going to be a spiritual one. If we keep reading in Matthew 21... Starting in, in verse 33, we get an interesting parable. And, and I'm, I'm not going to read it, the entire thing for you. I'm just going to do a quick paraphrase. So Jesus tells the story of a landlord that builds this amazing vineyard. And then he rents it out. When the vineyard is ready to be harvested, the landlord sends servants to collect the fruit. But the tenants who are renting the land... When those servants come, they kill them. Then he sends his son, and they kill him as well. Jesus then asks his disciples what they think the landlord will do with the tenants. And of course, they say he's going to bring those wretches to a wretched end. And then starting in verse 42, we read this. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone whom it falls on will be crushed. Now we see the bigger picture. God said to the Israelites back when he chose them, I'm choosing you. Go and build my kingdom. But they failed. And, and when Jesus came, they rejected him. Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected. Now here it's important for us to understand a little bit about ancient building methods. 
when a building was built on the foundation was placed the first stone, the cornerstone. It was plumb and true, and everything was measured and built on it so the rest of the building could stand. Every other stone was placed based on the cornerstone. Now in scripture we see that Jesus is referred to as the cornerstone. And not only he refers to himself as the cornerstone, but also the disciples. They talk about it later on as well. And if you know anything else about scripture, you know that Jesus is also often referred to as the capstone. Jesus is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. And we are the stones that are built on him to create the temple, the dwelling place for God. This is powerful imagery. It's, it's spoken through, through the whole story of the Bible, and the implications are huge, right? So the question for us becomes, are we built on that foundation? Is Jesus your salvation? Because what, when we sing, save me, when we sing Hosanna, we know, we know that it's a spiritual victory. How often do you give thanks to God for physical victories and how often is your praise and thanks given in response to stuff or circumstances now I think it's fine to praise God for good things but let's not miss the point like those who rejected him did how often do we celebrate and give thanks and praise for spiritual victories do you remember and celebrate that Christ's ultimate victory is over sin and death? Because that is the reason we have to give thanks and praise always. Psalm 118 is, is a beautiful psalm of praise. It takes us from, from recognizing God's unending love for us to acknowledging how God has helped us in the past. And, and then it reminds us of the hope that we have in our Savior and this morning, I hope that you can enter God's presence with thanksgiving for all of these things and more. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Amen.